Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Wednesday. If you'd like to be part of our program this afternoon, all you have to do is pick up your telephone and dial 800 848 WABC, 800-848-9222. And of course, the news never stops. The news cycles never stop. Every day we just advance on some stories and other unexpected ones come up. Today there is an advance on the story of the Highland shooter. The Highland, of course, Illinois shooter. Apparently, there were red flags that were raised. Now, it's interesting because, of course, the Democrats, along with 14 Republicans, passed a new gun bill. We have new gun laws in this country that deal specifically with some of these red flag issues and background check issues. That, of course, did not stop what happened. Not that it would. The 21-year-old suspect, Robert... Cremo, the third, right now faces seven first-degree murder charges. Like he was a sniper opening from a rooftop. rooftop. The Illinois State Police issued their own press release about how he was able to obtain a firearm owner's identification cards, which would allow him to, to buy the the firearms that he used. Now, back in 2019, September, the Illinois State Police received a clear and present danger report on this alleged killer. The suspect had two previous interactions with authorities. He attempted to commit suicide in April of that year. And in September, he threatened the lives of his family members. I will kill all of them. He's going to kill everyone. He had a collection of knives. Police removed 16 knives, a dagger, a sword from the home. They later gave them back after a short period of time. He passed four background checks when he went to buy his firearms. He was under 21 at the time, and he was, of course, sponsored by his father. Now, the parents of this young man are saying that, hey, nothing wrong here. There was nothing wrong here. So This is a terrible tragedy. Yes, our son killing those people, this was a terrible, terrible tragedy. Bob Cremo and his wife, Denise, we are all mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers, and this is a terrible tragedy for many families. The victims the parade-goers, the community, and our own. Our thoughts, our hearts, and prayers go out to everybody today. Bob Cremo had sponsored his son's application for gun permit. If you look at his history, why in the world would anyone give him a gun? 
anyone that threatens to commit suicide, anyone that commits uh, that has already threatened to kill his family. Why in the world should he have be in possession of the kind of arms? And this brings us to the point about the government and these laws. This is not the first time background checks have failed. If you go back, just go back. The Buffalo shooting, which was not that long ago, we were all consumed with that at Tops in Buffalo, New York. The racially involved hate crime there. If you go back further to Dylan Roof in South Carolina going into a church, again, a hate crime. He hates black people, so he's just going to go blow away as many of them as he can. And by the way, I don't want to just focus on the racial issue because you have these killers that kill for all sorts of reasons. It's not always racial. Most of them aren't racial hatred, but some of them very clearly are. Why is it that these, these young men who fit the profile very nicely of what the mass shooters are can uh, can still go in and get past the background checks, still go in, buy these weapons? Is it because we need yet another round of laws on top of the one that was just signed into law less than three weeks ago? So maybe if we do another batch of laws, will that help? Will that stop it? Or if that doesn't, maybe we should just go and do another round of laws after that and another round after that, and sooner or later, if we have enough laws, sooner or later somebody will pay attention to the law. Is that what we hope? We don't admit things that are right in front of our faces. We don't admit it. We don't admit that among a certain group of Americans, there is a problem with a given profile of Americans. And granted, it is a small group, not a large group. It's a small group. But in order to find them, you would have to do rigorous background checks on a larger percentage of groups. But no, we can't do that because we'd be violating someone's civil rights. Unless we begin to profile, folks, very seriously, profile, this this is not going to ever be solved. Unless we begin to tell people of this group, even though, even though you haven't done anything yet, given your profile, no, you can't have the weapons. Not yet. Maybe someday, yes, but for the time being, no. Because you've threatened someone else's life. Because you've threatened your own life. Because you're walking around looking like a total freaking weirdo and acting like a total freaking weirdo, and you don't fit into society properly. So the answer is no to you for now. That's one thing that we ignore as a society. What's right in front of our face, we see it. Every one of these shootings, we see either that profile or another profile come up. There's also something bigger, and that is that we fail to really take into account that big government does not work. Now, is that true in all instances? No, it is not. We would not have won World War II if it were not for a very big military source. 
we would not have won as much as the war on terrorism as we did, even though many aspects of that job are left unfinished, if it were not for a superior military. But when you start talking about issues like this, where power, the power to implement a thorough background check, a thorough vetting, is going to be spread over multiple government agencies where there is no accountability under one command structure, where that accountability is spread among nameless, faceless bureaucrats. And then it relies on people who have a vested interest in selling weapons to actually do the background check, which absolutely makes no sense. Well, at least to participate in it. We need, if we are ever going to get past this, a really strong mechanism to weed out these potential killers. There can be no other way to do it. Or if there is, I'd like to know what you think that is. We also need something that would indicate that parents that co-sign for their sons to have weapons are themselves stable. Because clearly something's wrong with this kid's parents, especially his dad. Now, these are supposedly hardworking people. There was a story in the Daily Mail today that the, these kids, this kid and his brother, were often left in daycare, or, or what? not daycare, the after-school program, because the mom would forget to pick them up, blah, 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 blah. But for this father to go ahead and assist and aid and abet his son in buying the weapons that were used in this, what they're calling the tragedy, after his son had threatened to kill the entire family, after his son had threatened to kill himself, says also that there is something wrong with his father. Now his father ran for mayor against someone who ran on a platform that included promoting gun control. Now, I get it. We do have a Second Amendment in this country. And to me, every legal law-abiding person that has a gun has the right to carry a gun. I agree with the Supreme Court's decision when it came to New York, where only the criminals were free to purchase as many guns when they wanted them without restriction. But this government, big government, does not work when it comes to assessing who doesn't deserve to have a weapon. And how do we know that? Because the evidence is in. Every single one of these legalized purchases of a weapon has been background checked. And yet these wacko kids that if you or I met them on the street, we'd leave with the impression, whoa, there's something seriously wrong here. That elevator's not reaching the top floor. This one's one or two fries short of a Happy Meal. 
come to that conclusion. I mean, you look at this kid alone with this five thing under his eye. Usually, when you see something under the eyes of people like that, whether it's the teardrops or something, it indicates or it tells other people that I have murdered somebody or I have an affinity for it. When I saw that marking under his eyes, I said, oh, this is the marking I killed five people. But yet, you can have this guy march in, tatted up like that, and tatted up on his face, and go in and buy a weapon, and no one says anything. Because now, you're not supposed to notice when people are odd. You're not supposed to notice when people are bizarre. You're not supposed to notice when someone's off their freaking rocker entirely. Because it's not politically correct to say, hey, hey, cuckoo bird over there. These kids are off their rockers. Tucker Carlson tried to address this last night, and he's being reamed in some quarters over the things that he said. There's a story about that in a BizPack review today. Tucker Carlson blew up the left with an uncomfortable set of truths on Tuesday, pointing out that mass shooters are despondent males who are hopped up on psychotropic drugs and are typically lectured by feminists on privilege. And that set the left off. I don't have any faith that the government that is writing these laws, these Democrats that are writing these laws along with their 14 Republican friends, have any idea how to implement any law that will stop any of this because no one wants to deal with truth. Now, I'm not a doctor. Maybe you're saying to, to me, well, James, how do you, how do you, what are you talking about truth? How do you know these kids are wacko? Really? Really? You know wacko when you meet wacko. And if you don't know wacko when you meet wacko, maybe it's because you're wacko. Because most normal people, when they meet wacko, they know that they have met wacko. And you walk away saying, oh my goodness, what is wrong here? But yet, that reality is bypassed when these young little monsters go in and legally purchase weapons. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back to you. Your call is going to be a big part of today's program. Don't go away. We'll be back with Bo Snurley's Rush Hour right after this. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurley Rush on Rush. 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, Rush, Rush. Earth, wind, and fire from the album Faces. Share your love. Remember after this show, 
Cats at Night comes in. Later on tonight, Rita Cosby. Frank Morano, other side of midnight. And, of course, every day before us, Rudy Giuliani. Glad you're back, Rudy. Rudy was out yesterday. His son did a great job. Before we wander too off the beaten path, let's introduce this little news story into the equation for you to contemplate this afternoon. The United Nations, my friends, has stepped into the Roe versus Wade debate. The United Nations is urging the United States of America to adhere to Women's Human Rights Convention after the overturn overturn of Roe v. Wade. It says in the Hill that the United States is coming under increasing scrutiny from the international community after the Supreme Court overturned the constitutional right to an abortion with the United Nations Women's Rights Committee urging the United States to adhere to a pact that it signed that included allowing illegal, I mean, allowing legal abortion. The Committee on the Elimination of Discrimination Against Women wants the U.S. to stay true to its commitment that was signed in 1980 called the Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women. The committee expresses solidarity with the women and girls in the United States and has called on all parties to end criminalizing abortion and to, at minimum, allow abortion in the cases of rape, incest, threats to life, or health of the pregnant woman and girl and severe fetal impairment. The U.S. signed on to the convention back in 1980, but, 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 it has yet to have it ratified. It didn't ratify it. One of seven countries, including Iran, Somalia, Sudan, that have also not ratified the convention despite signing on to it. This article goes on to criticize the United States of America for having a what they call a dismal maternal, uh, maternal mortality rate. And it points out that this isn't the first time the U.N. has criticized the U.S. over its abortion policy. And I say to the U.N., kiss our... Look, U.N., you, you folks over at the U.N., why don't you go over to Afghanistan and start whining to them about how they've taken women back to the 14th century? And you sit and demand that the Taliban start treating women like they're human beings. Why don't you? Why don't you go over to Saudi Arabia and preach to the Saudis that their treatment of women despite the fact that once in a while now they let them drive on their own without a male chaperone, why don't you go over there and complain about the way that the Saudis treat women? Why don't you complain, if you dare, to some of the African nations that still have an obvious chauvinistic approach 
to male-female relationships with their laws. Why don't you go down to South America while you're at it? And let's talk about the way that underage women are still thrown up like sexual objects. If you want to do that, why don't you go over to certain countries in Asia where you, where you will see members of the U.N. going over there so that they could get off their pedophilia rocks with the young underage girls over there. And by the way, that would include some American, some American people too. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen them with these young children. And you look at yourself, what, what are you thinking? But Europeans go over there too, to certain countries in Asia, where there's a wink, wink, nod, nod, have the child of your choice. So I'm not saying that if the United States is guilty of something, which I don't understand how the United Nations could actually not understand a battle for the sanctity of life, if they are what they say they are, which they never have been. But before you come over here criticizing the United States about what we do or don't do, why don't you ask some of your other members to pay their freaking dues and stop depending on the United States of America? These people you criticize over here who have floated the U.N. for all these years. Why don't you go over and talk to China about the way they abuse people on a regular basis? And while you're at it, go up north and talk to the Russians about it. The United Nations, to me, is a worthless group right now. They're worthless. But yet, when something like this comes up, here they are. And by the way, the United Nations is responsible. We've learned from the reporting from our very own Todd Benson on our On the Border podcast that the United Nations is, are among the groups that are funding, funding the surge of illegal immigrants into the United States. They are actively participating in breaking the laws of the United States. So the United Nations, as far as I'm concerned, can kiss our collective behinds. They are a worthless organization. And if you want to seek out places in the world that could use some help, there are plenty. But those folks at the United Nations will never go there because they would not want to offend the truly evil governments of this world. They would not want to offend the nations that directly sponsor terrorism in the world. They would not want to defend the nations that are involved in importing underage girls from all over the world to satisfy the perverted and satanic needs of the criminal class of the wealthy people that live in that country because they're royalty. They won't ever go after the international pedophiles that go into Asia so that they could get their yellow fever off on little children. But no, they'll sit up and talk to us because in America, we have a group of people that wants to save the life of the most vulnerable among us, the children. What's wrong with that picture?
WABC Talk Radio 77, Boston Airways Rush Hour, coming to you. Your call's coming up after this. Rush. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley. Bo Snerdley. On 77 WABC. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdley. Rush. Rush. Now here's Bo Snerdley. WABC Talk Radio 77. Yeah, if you're going to Chicago, you better get two or three bulletproof vests and maybe hire an armed security force. Because that place is turned into a weekly hellhole. Oh, and by the way, today of all days, their, their mayor, this Lori Lightfoot, comes out and says that there's too much, too much toxicity in civil debate. This is less than a week after she said F you to Clarence Thomas, to Justice Thomas. I tell you what, out of control, out of control. Joe Biden has released 5 million barrels of oil from the U.S. National Reserve, but it's not for you. He's sending it overseas because oil prices overseas are too high, and he wants to give people overseas a break on the oil prices. Maybe, maybe... What's next is that Joe Biden and his, and, his, and his minions will figure out how they can raid the remaining baby food formula that's on American store shelves and send that overseas, too. Maybe that's next. Nothing with this, 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 this crew would surprise me anymore. There are tons of uh, stories today about the Democrats' frustration with Joe Biden. Why some, and also, why this Roe v. Wade thing may not be the election turner that Democrats think it is. Why aren't, here's the headline of one headline in The Hill, why aren't, why some aren't buying Democrats' go vote message on abortion? Hmm. There's another one. Oh, this is beautiful. Down there in Tejas, Governor Abbott's leading Beto O'Rourke by six points. The perennial loser, Beto O'Rourke. Here's another one. Frustrated Democrats express alarm over Biden's powerlessness. Well, I'm going to put these stories aside because... Later in the week, we'll have Princess die with us. And if we don't get to them by then, I certainly want to get Princess Di's take on all of this. Uh, questions have arisen. I know we are coming to your phones. Be ready. I'm going to tell you who's first so you can be ready when I come to you. Let's see who we're going to go to first. We're going to go to Stokes in Brooklyn first. But right before that, let me just mention this to you. Questions now have arisen over Senator Ralph Warnock's use of campaign funds to fight a lawsuit. (gasps) Really? You know, Ralph Warnock is a pastor. He's a man of God. And his unique situation presents a gray area because the allegations date back 17 years. They don't involve him 
even being a member of Congress or a candidate for office. However, he's using some of his campaign money to fight off this lawsuit. And that may be problematic. And you know where this story was? This story was in Politico. And in Politico, Democrats, especially in an election year, very, very rarely come under scrutiny. So this is something odd. Speaking of odd, after all the Disney, the the, the rodent kingdom has gone through this year, their CEO just got a $20 million bonus. Now, what is meant by this? The $20 million bonus is to tell you, all of you that were concerned that Disney was aiding and abetting the sexual grooming of young children with their support of the protesting activists that were against having parents have a say in their children's education. And many of you thought Disney was on the wrong side of that. And Disney just stuck their middle finger back up at you. That's what this is. That's like a big middle finger right to you. We don't care. We love this guy. We don't care how many subscriptions we lost. We don't care the trust that he's eroded in this company. We're standing with him, and here's a middle finger for you. That's what this big $20 million annual bonus is all about. Stokes in Brooklyn. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden. Mr. Snurdy, how are you this afternoon, Stokes? I'm doing great in yourself, Bo. How's it going? Doing well, thank you. Um, I just wanted to, to, to chime in on the gun issue, the gun control issue. I live in Brooklyn, New York, and I'm a 58-year-old African-American male. And um, I've been trying to purchase guns legally for the last 30 years in New York, and I haven't been able to do it, me and my wife. My wife worked for NYPD, never had a conviction, but they never gave us a permit. The people that get these permits for these high-powered rifles should be psychiatric evaluated before they even get them. You don't use an AK-47 to go deer hunting or bear hunting. You don't use, you know, an AR-15 to go deer hunting, bear hunting. What are their motives? Like, they don't even question. The government dropped the ball on a lot of these cases. Well, here's the thing, Stokes. First of all, I understand your frustration with this you say 30 years you are law-abiding citizen your constitution and as american citizen both you and your wife have the constitutional right to carry a weapon in new york but yet these liberal democrat politicians deny you that right while at the same time they let these criminals who murder rape pillage gang bang, they let them in and out of the system quickly so they can get back on the street, get their weapons, and terrorize good people like you. Everything is ass backwards with the way the Democrats think about crime in this city. Everything is out of shape. You people have a fear right now of going on the subways. People are afraid to be out by themselves at certain times of night now, and if they have to come home by themselves, they're frightened because you have, just today, there's a report that some guy sleeping on a bench was stabbed to death. 
police don't know who. Guy was just sleeping on a bench. Somebody, some weird criminal out here, just decided to stab and kill him. There's another case. A bodega owner in the Bronx, a bodega owner, or, or, or I'm sorry, employee, was behind the counter. Some woman comes in, tries to buy something, she doesn't have the money. He says to, no, you can't have it. She goes out, talks to her boyfriend or whoever it is. He comes in, goes behind the counter, and starts to try to beat down the employee of the bodega. The employee had a knife. He stabbed the guy in the neck. The guy died. Guess who got arrested? The bodega employee gets arrested for defending his own life against these criminal cretins. Everything in this city regarding crime is ass backwards. And part of that ass backwardness backwardness is Stokes that you and your wife, law-abiding citizens, your wife worked for the police department for goodness sakes, and you are denied a weapon. Democrats have to be defeated politically. These liberal progressive Democrats in every city of the United States have unleashed these criminals on society. They must be defeated. Stokes, thank you for the call. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. It's both Snurley's Rush Hour. Remember, Cats at Night comes up next. And we're coming right back. More of your calls after this. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on 77 WABC. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Uno. He's your numero uno. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Remember, catch the night up next. And remember, I'll be back with you. Tomorrow afternoon and every weekday at 4 o'clock. And on Saturday mornings, bright and early at 7 a.m. for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. The New York Times has done a hit piece on Myra Flores. Does the name Myra Flores sound familiar? She is the young woman born in Mexico who recently won a seat in Texas that has been in Democrat hands for over 30 years. The New York Times is not having it. Yeah, that's right. That's her. And and so Myra Flores uh, is now the subject, one of the subjects. They're going after what they call the, this is, this is the headline, the rise of the far right wing, the far right Latina. 
Representative Myra Flores is one of the three Republican Latinas vying to transform South Texas politics by shunning moderates and often embracing the extreme. Oh, she's an extremist. She's one of those. You know what uh, what Ms. Flores, the right-wing extremist, you know what her campaign slogan is, folks? It is really extreme. Her campaign slogan is God, family, country. That is her campaign slogan. God, family, country. And she says that that campaign slogan is appeal to the traditional values of her majority Hispanic district. She calls the Democrat Party the greatest threat America faces, and therein lies why the Democrats are going to do everything that they can to smear this woman and drag her through the mud. Well, she's not taking this quietly. She said that the New York Times doesn't know a thing about her or about our culture, the Hispanic culture. She says, I'm proud of my culture and my beautiful family. She went on to say, I was born in Burgos, Tampolipas, Mexico, and raised with strong conservative values to always put God and family first. I have received only hate from the liberal media and constantly been told by the left to go back to Mexico. They don't support us immigrants. They only use us for political power and don't care about our well-being. I am here now, and I won't allow them to continue taking advantage of my people. The New York Times knows nothing about me or our culture. And then she had, in Spanish, Somos gente Dios, familia y trabajo. We are people of God, family, and work. I love this woman. Extremist. Yeah, this would extreme, this would sound extreme to the New York Times. Where the culture of death, especially of unborn babies, is the most important thing on earth. Followed by the grooming of three, four, five, six-year-olds in schools and so many of the other things that the left promotes these days. And they have the nerve to look out from their perverted positions and call a beautiful woman like Myra Flores, who honors her own culture and who honors traditional American values, and try to frame her as the extremist. No, New York Times, you people are the extremists. And Americans are catching on by leaps and drove. Dave in the Bronx. Welcome. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you, uh, uh, Mr. Goldis? How Good. are you? You were talking about uh, July 4th and how you had your feelings about it. And, you know, it's very funny because it was a turning point. The turning point was World War II to a certain extent. Because people saw how African-Americans were treated. I mean, the positions they had. We had a Tuskegee Institute 
They, why would they? These uh, you had to have a separate group of African Americans to be flyers. They were very bright people. They could have been part of the whole everybody flying. They, I, I don't even understand how that. I'm glad they were, and what they did, but still, even Roosevelt with, with the New Deal. I had uncles and I had friends, Italian, Irish. No African Americans were. The WPA they were. <laughs> and it, it, even NYCHA housing, when they started building it, did not have African Americans in there. This is in the North. So yes. this was the turning point. Absolute turning point to things being different. Truman had to have an executive order to integrate. The Army was a disgrace. The last time they had uh, African Americans in the service was Washington with that ragtag patriots. Actually, it was in the Civil War. It was in the Civil War, and they still had separate divisions in the Civil War. Now, Dave, first of all, thank you. God bless you. I so love you and your call. I want to get to some other callers, but let me just say this. The Democrat, there is a reason that this happened. We were moving in a direction of not being segregated, and the person that demanded that segregation return to the federal government the, the one that started Jim Crow again in the federal government was a Democrat by the name of Woodrow Wilson. And the Democrats still honor this racist swine and everything that he did to destroy race relations in the United States of America. The Democrats did that. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate your call very much. Victor in East Brunswick. You've been waiting, Victor. How are you? I'm fine, sir. Uh, Bo, I, I have to interject here. Uh, you made a phrase yesterday, and my two callers prior to me made the same phrase. You referred to yourself as an African-American. I reverse that, and I say I'm an American, in my case, of European descent. If you want to be specific, then you could say you're an American no, of just, Victor, specific Victor, African. Victor, do me a favor. Please don't tell me how to identify myself. I am perfectly capable of identifying myself the way I want to identify myself. And you don't have to like it, and no one else has to like it. But that's how I choose. I'm an adult. I don't need someone else to tell me what to say. I really love you, Victor. I appreciate you calling. You're calling to talk about Brittany. So rather than give me an English lesson on how I should talk, next time you call, I hope you can get to your point on, on Brittany because I really wanted to hear that. Thank you so much for your call. Let's go to Joe in Long Island. Joe, welcome WABC Talk Radio 77. Yes, good afternoon. You know, I just wanted to comment uh, about Gavin Newsom, the Democrat governor of California. Isn't it nice that he's giving Florida residents such a great deal? You know, uh, Florida residents who are fed up with their state's warm, sunny climate or the fact that their state has no income tax or the fact that district attorneys throughout the state of Florida actually arrest and prosecute criminals instead of letting them roam freely out on the streets. And isn't it nice that he's giving Florida residents who are fed up with their Florida's governor who didn't lock people inside their homes during COVID or shut down their businesses or take away their livelihoods and destroy their finances while he dined in a fancy French restaurant like California's governor did. And isn't it nice that he's giving Florida residents who are fed up with the fact that they get to walk in the streets of Florida 
without having to step over homeless people or dodge human feces. I thought it was nice that he's inviting all Florida residents to move to California, the crumbling state where they not only get to enjoy those problems, but where they can also deal with overtaxation, overregulation, stratospheric real estate prices, and a sky-high cost of living as well. Isn't that a great deal he's given them? Thank you. You, my friend, are just freaking awesome. By the way, Gavin Newsom today is in Montana. Montana, where the state banned people from having state travel because they don't like the way Montana does their conservative laws. But yet Gavin Newsom and his family, that's where they're vacationing today in Montana. Joe, you're awesome. Call us back. Liz in New York City. Welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77. You know, my grandfather ran against Woodrow Wilson, and he was a conservative, and he thought like you and me, and he never would have done what Woodrow Wilson did. Woodrow Wilson set back race relations in this world by his awful treatment of African Americans, and he's the one, and yet Democrats still laud him, and and there's a Woodrow Wilson um, center still in Washington, D.C., Up until recently, they had a bridge named after him. This man was a pure, bigot, racist swine. And Democrats never get any heat for what he did to this country and the country. I wish your grandfather would have won, but history is history. But what was your grandfather's name, Liz? Charles Evans Hughes. He was Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. Charles Evans Hughes. What a marvelous family history. Yeah, he really was, and he was like Santa Claus, too. He had a great sense of humor, and uh, he wasn't snobby or anything. So uh, I just thought that you might want to know that how they hated Woodrow Wilson. Thank you, Liz. I appreciate your call very much. Hope to hear from you again. Let us talk to, in Orange County, Alan. Alan, got to make your point quickly because time is running out. All right, Bo, here's the deal. I, I had the uh, response to to uh, what we can do about this gun problem. And yeah. I believe it's a, multi, it's a multi-pronged approach. Number one, we have to – our government has to institute the death penalty again, and it's got to be enforced, hands down. Number two, we have to get rid of all this liberal media stuff such as violence on TV, movies, video games – Music, that's that's already uh, ruining the minds of a lot of these uh, shooters. I bet you they have all that stuff in common. And then the mm, third interesting. Thing, the third thing mm-hmm. is Quickly. a return to morality. Our, our kids have and how you make that happen? And mm-hmm. Alan, I'm going to take you there because you mentioned the three things, and I every one of those things. I bet you nobody in this audience would disagree with them. Well, maybe some would with the death penalty. I have my own issues with the death penalty. I am not against the death penalty. I am against the way the death penalty has been administered in the United States. It is grossly unfair. And I'm not talking along racial lines. I'm talking along, you have these serial killers that sit in jail for decades and decades. Some of them are in gen pop, having the life. And yet you can have other people that commit an act in, in, in desperation, and granted, it's, they shouldn't have done it, and they are put to death. And then there are the other components of it. If you're going to do this, do it right.
Anyway, that's it for today. I hope, I'm so sorry we couldn't get to more calls. Anyway, catch it night up next. Keep it right here on WABC. We stream worldwide. Keep it with you all the time. WABCradio.com. Also, we'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. See you tomorrow. Bye.